Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Mere Disciple podcast. I'm Pastor Jeff Strong, and I'm broadcasting from beautiful Nelson, British Columbia. And this is a continuing um, episode through a series called The Politics of Jesus, where we're looking at the party platforms for each of the federal parties in the upcoming Canadian election and evaluating some of their strengths and weaknesses from a faith-based perspective and trying to get a handle on why would maybe a person of faith, um, specifically the Christian faith, be drawn to support this party and this platform and what would be some uh, causes for concern or hesitation. We've looked at the People's Party of Canada. We've looked at the Green Party. And today we're going to be looking at the New Democratic Party, the NDP. Now, as a general framing, because there might be a lot of people kind of tuning in to politics for the first time in a kind of a focused way this year. And you, what you might find is that there might be a sense of, hey, the NDP and the Green overlap in a lot of ways at sort of a first pass. They're talking about the same things. They seem to be invested in some of the same priorities, but there are some differentials that are going to be important to distinguish between. So this is a gross simplification, but one way to think about the difference between the NDP and the Greens is that the Greens are first and foremost a party that supports environmental protection, and then secondary to that are economic and people issues. And the NDP would be a party that is trying to prioritize and support people and just economic systems. And then increasingly, secondarily to that, say, hey, the environment's really important to us as well. So they would both be uh, pretty left on the political spectrum uh, in terms of progressive ideas. And by progressive, I mean like the, the official trademark progressive slash leftist ideas. But the NDP probably would be more leftist and more progressive than the Greens. Um, and part of that is by their own uh, marketing. Uh, NDP does. It doesn't shy away from that label. The Greens try to a little bit. I think one of their slogans is neither right nor left but forward. So the Greens try and play this sort of nonpartisan image like we're, 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 we're moving into a new kind of political paradigm. NDP is much more aggressively. No, we're, we are. Uh, we would lean in a stronger progressive leftist um, trajectory. So they are more left of the Greens on most things historically, and one could argue even leading up to this election, except for the environment. And so let's look at some of their party platforms. So Jagmeet Singh is their leader, and their platform under Jagmeet, I'm not going to go through all of it because it's quite comprehensive. It really drills down into some, some minutiae that even the Green Party um, doesn't at least dedicate a whole kind of splash page or website to. But what I do want to do is kind of hit the large um, distinctive features of the NDP, especially as it relates to maybe differential from the Greens. So the first big thing is Pharmacare. The NDP are aggressively pushing um, that eye care, ear care, dental care, mental health care all be added to the uh, coverage through our healthcare system. And so that's obviously a huge ticket item, but they see that as 
the baseline for how we as a nation take care of each other that if people need medication if they need services for counseling if they need psychotherapy if they need um, help in uh, you know with eye care and especially dental care which if you've ever paid for even basic dental care it is expensive and it adds up quick and then it multiplies across children right um, so Pharmacare is a huge one for the NDP. They have a really aggressive housing strategy. They want to build 500,000 uh, affordable rental units across Canada. They want to really tackle the student debt issue by creating, uh, I wasn't clear, maybe I did, didn't read it as carefully as I should have, but it looks like instead of the Greens abolishing tuition, they're not necessarily want to do that. They want to freeze it. They want to create some grants. But I think their end game is sort of the same, which is to allow students to move into post-secondary education um, in a way that doesn't incur debt, right? They want to kind of subsume post-secondary education into uh, pu the public education trust thereby. So I don't exactly know the precise mechanism, but their end game is the same. They essentially want free education and they see that as an investment in the Canadian population, which is going to return lots of dividends moving forward. They want to expand and provide quality, affordable childcare across the country. Again, if you know anything about childcare, you know that even at 50, 60, $70 a day, that adds up. And so they really want to tackle some of the economic pressures that, um, living in urban centers or maybe increasingly even rural centers like Nelson, technically rural, that do require double income, uh, you know, but child care and affordable child care, affordable child care that is of a high degree of quality is almost impossible to find. And so they want to tackle that as well. Um, Okay, let's go to the next one. In terms of specifically on the economy, they want a new fair deal for all workers. So you can kind of dive into their sort of the particularities of that platform at ndp.ca slash economy. But NDP traditionally has always been um, the advocate and sort of the social conscience, if you think in broad terms of, let's say, the liberals and conservative leaning more towards corporate interests and wanting to fuel the economy by making incentivizing uh, corporate Again, the NDP would say, no, we, we, we need to make sure there are strong protections in place for workers to ensure that um, they aren't being exploited and manipulated, that um, obviously a big supporter of trade unions and cooperatives. So there's some really interesting platform proposals in here as it relates to what that fair deal looks like, more access to job training and lifelong learning for everybody. Um, they have some um, policies that are designed to help support small businesses and they want to do, a, they, they have some policy reforms. I didn't look into this much, uh, too much. My eyes kind of glazed over a little bit, but um, they do have some stuff here on re-engineering re a made in Canada auto industry. But at the heart of the NDP is traditionally and moving into this election too is, is fighting for good manufacturing jobs jobs that they would say because of pay and benefits and all the other things a quality safe work environment uh, dignifies work dignifies work for all canadians and the ndp are really um, set on creating a governmental stack of policies and regulations 
to really push all employers to be treating their employees really, really well. So protecting the environment. Hey, wait a second. Oh yeah, here we go. Okay, some of these uh, little splash pages overlap. So between the economy and the environment, there is an overlap because the NDP again wants to put people first, but in this election is kind of fighting an upsurge of the Greens with all of the momentum around um, climate emergency and wanting to take climate action. So the NDP has been forced to sort of up their game and kind of say, yeah, we're not just about people, we're about people and then the environment. Kind of people A, environment B, they want to take climate leadership. They have a, a um, very similar policy to the green, Greens in terms of aggressive climate action, but it would be less aggressive than the Greens. So they're, they're, they're talking about retrofitting every building in Canada, but the timeline is much longer than what the Greens are proposing as one example. And the NDP wants to ensure that any transition that happens for oil and gas sector workers is a just transition, just like the Greens. And they are concerned um, and they would argue have a deeper history of understanding the complexities and the challenges necessary to transition workers in a way that protects them and, uh, and um, establishes the dignity of those who are going through that tumultuous transition between one kind of job sector and what they would see is an entirely new um, economic, um, what am I thinking, not wing, but uh, a whole new industry that is kind of emergence, emerging and that we are sort of stumbling our way into in terms of knowing what this is going to look like if it were to kind of overtake oil and gas, if we're really going to move into a green economy subsidies in there for lots of transit and wanting to make uh, encourage um, the, the least environmentally impactful ways of commuting around especially especially around large urban centers um, so they have one one of their platforms is taking better care of each other which again emphasizes some of the in, in broad strokes you know, getting the getting that Medicare that again isn't just kind of around basic health, but covers dental, sight, hearing, and mental health and mental illness. Uh, confronting the opioid crisis by declaring a public health emergency. Um, the details were a little sparse, but they talk about getting healthy food into every community. And as one of their bullet points there, they talk about. Um, ensuring children at school have access to healthy food. So I don't know if that means like a universal breakfast program or a universal lunch program or just kind of giving schools a war chest to know how to address poverty at the local school level. But they do talk about how that is part of their initiative. They want to increase better access to quality home care and long-term care. Some of the stuff that would be... Um, part and parcel with any party. It's just going to be a, an issue related to the mechanisms to do it. They want to honor veterans. They want to increase security for seniors. They want to protect pensions. I know there's been a lot of controversies in different spheres of the um, different economic, um, sorry, in different contexts where pensions have been withheld from workers based on all kinds of I would argue unjust <laughs> um, financial wizardry and uh, 
some legislative protections for corporations that are in place. And so the NDP wants to roll that back and make sure that if people have paid into a pension, that those are protected by the government so that they aren't in jeopardy of being misappropriated or ultimately uh, inaccessible to the workers who paid into them. So under reconciliation, a big platform pillar of the NDP is to pursue serious and ongoing reconciliation with the uh, Indigenous community. They want to uphold Indigenous rights and advance self-determination. I'm not a, I don't do a lot of reading in this area, so it's hard for me to parse out some of the nuance and difference between what they're proposing and the Greens, but you can get information on their site. But um, there's definitely an overlap of the values of wanting to give over uh, a larger degree of self-determination to Indigenous communities so that we kind of move away from um, even like a kind of a soft uh, co- colonial relationship with the Indigenous communities. And that's making sure that we're investing in in children and education, safe housing. And again, obviously, they would say our, the, or the Canada's expansive uh, pharmacare program and Medicare program would, would just do a, a huge amount to advance uh, the health and well-being of um, Indigenous peoples in Canada. Under communities, they want to, like most parties, talk about the need to build infrastructure, but making sure that that is uh, as green as possible, obviously, and really want to incentivize people to use mass transit. They also are a big supporter of Canadian arts and culture, and they want to figure out ways to incentivize the arts and media industries to hire Canadian talent at every level. And so they have some policy proposals there in terms of how to do that. Um, And lastly, they have a platform pillar called the courage to do what is right. And this, this like the Greens, the Greens platform pillar was called towards the just society. Uh, NDP goes <laughs> a little bit less specific and just kind of says the courage to do what is right. And, and what kind of falls under that courageous vision is to advance gender equity. So again, the real focus here on tackling gender-based, vi- gender-based violence, investing in affordable childcare and domestic violence shelters. Uh, they want to expand access to uh, reproductive health care, including contraception and abortion across Canada and upholding LGBTQI2S plus rights. And so making sure and just kind of pushing um, that agenda, and I don't use agenda in a nefarious way, but making sure that that, uh, that agenda to, in, um, to identify and then root out any kind of uh, direct or indirect discrimination as it comes to bear on LGBTQ individuals. Uh, NDP is really committed to confronting that. And the other thing that I thought was pretty interesting that is distinct from the Greens is they have a, a splash page under the courage to do what is right called Confronting Racism. And I'll just read a, f- a few parts of it here. So today, indigenous and racialized people in Canada are facing a frightening evolution of hate. In communities across the country, discrimination remains a reality, all while racist and extremist views are increasingly inescapable on the internet. 
As new Democrats, we recognize the inherent dignity of all people. We know that racism hurts deeply and diminishes the humanity of marginalized people. And so some of their um, proposals are to in um, are, are to confront racism and to counter online hate. They want to... Part of what goes with that is looking at the kind of chronic overrepresentation of indigenous peoples and black Canadians in the federal federal prison population. But the um, kind of the broader vision is to have a, it seems to me, uh, a wing of, of the government that is set on confronting racism and discrimination and hate, both obviously in person and online. So that's something that's, as far as I can tell, pretty distinctive between the New, De- New Democrats and the Greens. I think part of those values and principles are embedded in the Greens platform, but I feel like the NDP really highlighted that and put all those things together to make sure that it wasn't just inferred or buried under other priorities, but said, this is really, really big for us. Okay, so let's look at this from a Christian perspective. I think there's a lot of reasons why I can understand why a Christian would want to vote and promote NDP policies. First and foremost is that, broadly speaking, the NDP um, in its uh, rhetoric and its way of framing things is it's about people that whether we're talking about environmental changes, economic changes, um, alterations and reforms that need to be made at the judicial level, these are all put through the lens of we want to put people first. The the goal of government is to serve the people and the majority of people, not just small special interests, and specifically in the NDP's case, not just small special interests of the extremely wealthy who, because of their wealth and influence, broker a lot of power. That the kind of vision that the NDP is fighting for in Canada, I think dovetails really well with a biblical vision for the shalom and flourishing of, and shalom being a Hebrew word that is superficially translated peace, but it would mean kind of a holistic flourishing of not just individuals, but of the collective society. And the NDP wants to build a society like that. They, they see inroads that Canadians have made and they're concerned that under liberal and conservative policies, those inroads are kind of stunted. And so they want to continue to push and progress forward into a just society. Now, again, as a Christian, where the rub is going to be, and Christians are probably going to fall on either side of this dividing line, is whether or not giving a huge amount of um, power economically in terms of social policy over to the government is the best way to promote and facilitate a movement towards a vision to a just society. So the NDP, part of the guiding presumption of their entire platform is we have a plan as the government to be able to um, comprehensively address all of these serious issues and by giving us 
you know, not just more money through higher taxes, which I, I think it'd be fair to say it would be an inevitable consequence of an NDP platform, more money and more power, we're going, going to be able to facilitate a movement towards the just society. So in the same way that Christians might have hesitations, that the Greens are asking for so much governmental power uh, to almost a unilateral degree that would, that would make some of these proposals necessary, I think Christians, you know, the, the strength of wanting to build the just society would be countered by, do I trust the government to be able to facilitate that though? Um, I think the government has a role, but there could be some hesitation there. I think another strength of the NDP is that compared to the Green, while they both are quite uh, progressive and leftist and they'd want to be vying for that territory left of the Liberals, the NDP, at least traditionally, uh, has much more experience in government, at least at the provincial level. And so it's much more conceivable that if the NDP were to get into power, that they would have a, 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 a more robust infrastructure and strategy to know how to actually execute some of those plans or to anticipate some of the challenges that come with trying to execute that. A lot of the criticisms that I read about the Greens or any new or small party is that you can have these amazing ideas, but once you are in the position of leadership and you realize just how multidimensional and multifaceted and complex these issues are, all of a sudden your quote unquote obvious solutions and ideas that you knew were going to be challenging um, are kind of maybe become more than challenging. Maybe they begin quickly to seem insurmountable. And now you realize, oh, there was a little, these policies are driven a little bit more by idealism than realism. And I think the NDP, at least traditionally, could say, hey, we have these lofty goals, but it's also informed by being in uh, the Canadian political arena for decades and decades and decades. Another big part of the NDP's platform that I failed to mention when I was going through the set points is they are still really pushing, like the Greens, for electoral reform to move past first past the post and to install proportional representation. And so when I talk to people who are pro-NDP, that comes out that comes up a lot that uh, they really see that as part of deep uh, expanding and strengthening the democratic democratic uh, um, kind of scaffolding of Canada. What else did I have here? So I'm just kind of skimming through my notes. Uh, I asked one friend of mine who is pretty deeply embedded in NDP politics, and she said that a another point. I, I, I kind of framed the question of you know maybe someone who thinks of themselves generally speaking as leftist progressive they they are sort of this idealist who wants to reform things wants to make things better is tired of the status quo why should they vote ndp over the greens and this person said that the ndp has a climate policy plan that is both progressive and uncompromising while making sure that again those that are going to be most affected by that transition, which is workers and the general public, that there's a plan in place to ensure that those people are properly supported as these broader economic shifts occur. Um, obviously, when you have a political party expanding out of vision for the health and well-being of a society, 
beyond just the metric of, well, everyone's making more money. So that's great, right? I mentioned this in the greens. We often default to like, oh, how's the economy doing? If the economy is doing really well, well, therefore our society is healthy. And I think a lot of Christians are drawn to the NDP's vision of understanding flourishing outside of simply the context of, is there more money in my pocket? And so there's a real social vision for flourishing here. The word socialism comes up a lot with the NDP and that's a whole, probably another segment. Um, But there's all kinds of different nuances to that word. But I think with the NDP, the, the steel man, the strongest, most generous way of framing it would be to say, Canadians in their bones want to be part of a society where we are taking care of each other and that um, we are sharing and distributing resources in such a way that there is a common good flourishing. And that is something that at the deepest ideological level, the NDP is committed to. And that dovetails pretty well with a lot of the criticisms that God levels against Israel, especially through the minor prophets, where Israel as this nation is flourishing economically. You know, their, their GDP is just off the charts. But God consistently calls out Israel and says, you're refusing. There are people being left behind. There are people who are being oppressed because um, as a result of this prosperity and he calls his people to repent and say you need to rethink these your priorities because um, economic flourishing is not the bottom line for someone who's really trying to do politics through the lens of biblical values and specifically the values of of Jesus and so the social vision for flourishing that considers how we as a culture and as a society can move forward being strong together and united together. That would be something that at least on paper, the NDP would say, we are committed to that, you know, full on. And a lot of Christians would say, I, I am too. I can get behind that. Now, again, the counter to that is going to be whether or not Christians in doing that, some are going to say you're giving up too much, you're putting too much hope in human institutions to enact that kind of flourishing, uh, the kind of flourishing that scripture speaks to and that, and, and that kind of vision, whether you want to call it utopian or just a, a this grand vision for what is possible, um, it, government is severely limited in its ability to enact and facilitate that. But Again, I can see where that vision would be appealing to Christian Christians in its in kind of its kernel form. So, I think those are some of the strengths. I've talked about some of the weaknesses. I won't go over those uh, if they come up again on my list of weaknesses. Uh, obviously, the NDP works on the assumption that government and um, money, uh, more money, right, taxing certain people, shifting um, direct economic resources around is one of the major ways that you solve problems. And I think for someone from a faith-based perspective, I would look at that and I would say sometimes, Um, but increasingly in our our society, I would definitely say there is a temptation by some people, especially in government, especially in governments that um, tax heavily is to get into a trap of thinking if we just keep throwing money at problems, that that's gonna be the most effective way to deal with it. 
And when you get suck, sucked into that cycle, it can prevent you from tackling the maybe more significant non-financial factors that are perpetuating cycles of injustice or hardship or suffering in people's lives. The NDP has a bit of a branding problem, I think. The Greens have gathered a lot of momentum because of the uh, environmental climate crisis issue stuff that's kind of being fed almost perpetually in the media. And so the Greens have, I think, encroached on some of the NDP's territory. And the NDP is trying to, I think, take some of that back by saying, no, we're, we're really green too. We always have been, and this is a priority for us. I, I think in doing that, it might be pandering in the wrong direction as far as I'm concerned. I went to an NDP open house where the NDP candidate was bragging about how their, at least one representative was putting forward um, a part of the Green New Deal for people that was based off the one in the States. And uh, with a, again, separate video, that is a mess. And um, I was surprised that a Canadian, someone in Canadian government would be so quick to jump on that and to kind of say, yeah, we're going to do that too. Because when you actually look into the Green New Deal, it it's it's pretty ridiculous on a lot of levels. And um, I was actually, I thought it was a little cringeworthy that the NDP seemed to be overtly pandering for the Green vote. But I understand why they're doing it because in some ways, and certainly at first pass, I could see someone saying, the Greens and NDP are kind of indistinguishable, but I really care about the environment, so I guess I'll, I'll vote Green. So I understand how the NDPs need to sort of rebrand themselves, but I think that's a challenge for them. They do promise a big vision, vision, but that big vision is contingent upon a massive expansion of government influence and control over not just the economy, but as I'm going to talk about, also uh, about society in terms of social engineering, right? I mean, like the Greens, NDP have very uh, are influenced by a very strong leftist ideology, which is troubling for me because I think there's a lot in um, the leftist slash progressive view of society, which is, in their language, problematic and um, is... I think well-intended, but the consequences of going down some of these roads aren't helpful. I mentioned them on the Greens, right? You can become so ideologically possessed in terms of intersectional feminism that you can talk about a just society without making any mention of men. And, and, and no one can even realize that there might be a problem there. So there's that strong leftist ideology that I see kind of bleeding through uh, the NDP, NDP's policies, again, like the Greens, they want to lower the voting age to 16. And that's one of those things that when I see it, again, to me, it's just cringy. It's obvious pandering. Um, I I have not, and I don't expect to hear an argument of why the, loading, the voting age should be lowered. I can understand an argument for why it should be raised, given now what we understand about brain science. But for me... I, I, when I see a party saying, hey, we want to lower the voting age to 16, uh, I just think that that speaks to a profound lack of common sense from my perspective. Now, that might not be enough to tip me over the scales to not vote NDP, 
but it's a it's a bit of a flare signal that says, "Whoa, what are we dealing with?" Where again, someone at the at the um, federal level of leadership is saying, "Yeah, we actually think this is a good idea." Like the Greens, the platform is massive. It's expansive. Is this economically viable? Is it logistically feasible? Um, I think a lot of people would say they have their doubts. I think people don't mind taxes being increased if they feel like their taxes are being used in really focused, judicious ways. The problem is, is that when there is taxation bloat, there tends to be an ever-expanding pool of programs and initiatives and projects that are kind of like this one that we got government money for and and government just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and and it's hard to sometimes claw that back and so I think one logistical challenge to the NDP would be establishing how this is economically and logistically viable and um, I guess my final criticism would compliment not compliment that's not the right word my final kind of faith-based pushback would for the NDP would be the same as I had for the Greens is that overall there is this optimistic big vision that I definitely can understand appeals to a lot of people especially when so much of politics is divisive and cruel and demeaning and negative and fear-mongering I think Jagmeet Singh brings a lot of positive energy. He seems like a really gentle-hearted person. He seems very sincere. He doesn't seem like a slick politician. He doesn't come across as duplicitous in the same way that, as I'll talk about, I think Trudeau does. Um, but with this big vision, um, Christians have an, Christians have an interesting sort of interior ballast, right? They believe that God is at work in the world, and so. They live with a certain future-oriented hope, and they do live with an expectation and a knowledge that things actually can progress and get better and be strengthened, that the kingdom of God, God's way of life, is breaking into reality now in and through the power of Jesus. But that's countered with a reckoning of the soul that recognizes that, you know, the timeline that the Bible expects us to um, live inside of is not one where things are just going to simply progress and get better and better and better. Because while God's kingdom is breaking into this world in surprising and beautiful ways, and we can be a part of that through serving our neighbors in promoting and advancing good political reform, there are still significant deep issues of the human heart. Um, that there is a sinful reality that presents a not yet element of the kingdom of God, where the kingdom of God has come, but not fully. And Christians believe that until Christ returns and fully establishes himself as Lord of heaven and earth, uh, putting an end to these uh, sinful cycles and the corruption of the human heart, that we should not expect a heaven on earth. And so I think that Christians can support the NDP, but those that do, need to counter that with a recognition that um, it would be unwise, I think it would be foolish, definitely unbiblical, to invest too much what I would call eschatological hope 
hope in a final solution to all of these deep and challenging issues that we face, poverty, healthcare, economic flourishing, um, strong social cohesion. I personally, I challenge Christians to recognize that that we're not going to experience heaven on earth, this side of heaven, this side of Christ's return and the establishment of a new heavens and new earth. But just as readily, you can say the NDP and Christians who Christians who are NDP supporters would say, we know that, but we still have an obligation as Christians to fight for uh, the common good, to glorify God. And part of what glorifying God looks like for a Christian is to advance uh, policies and ideas and practices and projects that really do advance the common good. Wow, look at the time. We are 36 minutes into this bad boy. Let's wrap it up there. NDP, hope this was helpful. Continue to research. Think through the issues that are important to you. And remember that being engaged in politics is a really powerful way that a Christian can serve and love their neighbors, looking not only to their own interests, but also to the interests of others. 